Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue Podcast. My name is David Rudy. I'm the pastor at Doxa Church. I have Amanda and Ben with me at the table today. Hello, hello. Hello. How are y'all doing? Doing all right. Yes, sir. Yeah. Good. Catching Super Bowl. We did. Yep. We had a Super Bowl party over at the Sen household. Yeah, it was great. Good Good stuff. Good turnout. Good win. It was a great, it was a great fourth quarter. Great fourth quarter. Amanda, were you, you were just like not even there. I am not into the footballs, yeah. so I did not You're representing partake. the other 70% of our, our listeners who yeah. just are like, stop talking about this right now. Exactly. Yeah, I, I love Patrick Mahomes, though, and yeah, it was just a good Andy Reid. So yep. for all those Chiefs listeners. I was listeners, very happy for those guys to get a win. About time. Yes, I'm going to say. Yeah. The Daxa Dialogue is about living life on mission for the glory of God. One of the simplest, yet at the same time most complicated issues in the Bible is God's will. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. It's actually a really good topic for me right now. I actually feel very prepared for once in, yeah. in, my, in my posture. Uh, right now in our Cove Women's Ministry, we are doing um, the will of discerning the will of God from Priscilla Shire, and it's been amazing. I've heard raving reviews about yes. it here. Yes. Yeah. If for any of you listeners, you know, women particularly, because she's obviously a, a women's minister, but she she is awesome. She's She's got some really good content, so I've really been enjoying it. That's cool. Yeah, Julie told me like, the second one, she's like, you need to go listen to this one. It's oh really my good. gosh, yes, yeah. yes, she's her daddy's daughter, that's for sure. Yeah, but yeah, the really the first the first week of, of doing the study, the first thing she really talked about, and I love that she opened up a Bible study on this was to be able to discern the will of God. You need to have a posture of obedience. Mm. And, you know, she mentioned how usually Bible studies end with obedience, you know, take what you've what you've heard and, and follow this through. But in learning God's will for your life, you really need to have a heart of surrender before you even know what he's asking you to do. I like that. Yeah. And really, to me, it was just such an awesome thing to remember and to hear because, you know, so often I think, you know, I'm going to hear what he says and then I'm going to do it. But really, I need to be ready to do it before I even hear what he says. Mm. And I actually had this moment in my own life a few years ago. April 8th, 2018, I was uh, rebaptized. Wow. And I was I was baptized once when I was about 7 years old, and I really had honestly never even thought about doing it again, had never entered my mind. I, I mean, you know, technically you don't need to. I mean, once you've been baptized once, but during the sermon that Sunday, I just felt God tugging on my heartstrings the whole time and I was wrestling it the whole time. I did not want to go. I didn't have a change of clothes. I wasn't wearing my waterproof mascara. <laughs> what was my hair going to look like? I didn't want to do it. And I just remember wrestling with it, but I just I felt God calling me into this public display of obedience. And finally, I just got to where I couldn't fight it anymore. And I knew that he had been stirring something in my heart for about the past year. And we were about to make a lot of radical changes in our lives. We were going to move to a different state. We were losing basically our only income, gaining lots of debt in the process, mm-hmm. um, and committing to just years of living in limbo while Stephen started school. And so I knew I needed him through this whole process. And I knew I wanted to be in a position to hear from him. And that started with me just submitting and saying yes. Mm. 
So it was really an awesome, an awesome feeling. And so when, you know, when I heard that we need to be ready to obey before he even asked us what to do, it just clicked, you know, but he doesn't always ask for that big show of obedience. And we have to remember to be just as obedient in the small everyday things as we want to be in the grand gestures, Mm. you know, not snapping back at your spouse when they push your buttons because he calls us to give grace or not raging at the person who cuts you off because he says to be slow to anger and forgiving the person in our lives who hurt us and hasn't apologized yet because he calls us to forgive others as he forgives us. Uh, this kind of may sound like a posture on obedience, but really that's just the first step to, to discerning God's will in your life. And we can't receive further instruction if we aren't even following the first step. You can't move on to step 467 of putting together the Ikea bookshelf <laughs> yes. if you haven't committed to steps 1 through 466. Yeah. God is so gracious to illuminate really only one step at a time so that we're not overwhelmed by the glorious plan that he has for us. If we knew everything that was coming in the end, it almost might be too overwhelming for us to even take that first step. So true. It's like Samuel who was ready to listen. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. God God really set that up for him before he would even hear mm-hmm. the instruction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was just willing to hear it. I think that another really important step in following God's will for our lives is listening to the Holy Spirit. When we accepted Christ, we were gifted with this amazing mediator, counselor, and guide. Mm. You know, the Holy Spirit is the way we hear from God. We have this constant, uninterrupted access to the throne of the King. And I really take it for granted a lot. In the study that we're doing, Priscilla brings to light how often we, when we're trying to determine God's will, we'll look for external signs. We look for pillars of fire and parting of the seas and prophetic words from a spiritual mentor in our lives. And not please, that, Lisa, yeah, please. yeah, <laughs> you know, not that God can't still work in these ways because absolutely he can, right. but that's no longer his primary method of communication. When Jesus was departing the earth, he told his disciples, and I will ask the father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. That was John 14, 16, 17. And later in that same passage, he also says, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I have told you. And really, until we started the study, I'd always been jealous of Old Testament believers getting such amazing physical signs from God. <laughs> I never even realized that they longed for what we have, you know. Yeah. They only got, they only talked to God or heard from God through those signs or through a special person that God, you know, put in their lives for a certain amount of time. It's just crazy to think that, you know, we have that constant access to him. Yeah, to have it, a piece of God in dwelling us mm-hmm. at all times, man, that's just awesome. But it's also crucial to what we're talking about, mm-hmm. crucial to, to God's will. <clears throat> we have God in us. He's going to guide us. Yep. We need to just position our hearts in a place to listen and obey. I think that's really good. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, that's literally, you know, I had a, a couple examples of that, and David was one of them. And in 1 Samuel 16, 14, it talks about Saul, you know, starting kind of his downward spiral. Mm-hmm. And he was in distress because it said the spirit of the Lord had left him. And Samson, after his hair had mm-hmm. been cut, you know, he thought he could still overpower his enemies, but... He didn't know that the Lord had departed from him, Judges 16, 20. 
and now God says that once we become believers, that will never leave us. We we're, we have that forever. We don't have to worry about that. Um, and most Old Testament believers never experience this gift. God uses his spirit in us to point us in the direction where he wants us to go. But if we aren't actively seeking him, regularly spending time in his word and in prayer, we can miss that. We can say it would be much easier to follow physical signs like the believers of old, but how quickly did they forget? How soon after their rescue from the bondage of slavery, walking through the parted Red Sea, did mm-hmm. the Israelites go back to worshiping idols? I mean, yeah. and I'm guilty of doing the same thing. How, how quickly do we go back to what's comfortable after God does an amazing work in our lives? And even we just finished Jonah yeah. and the Ninevites. Right. You know, you see an entire city down to the cattle come to know Jesus. And one generation later, yeah, they're already back at it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're just so quick to forget. Absolutely. Yeah. So those big physical signs aren't always going to lead us in the direction where we want to go. It's, so, it's such an important point to bring out because a lot of people still do operate that way. Mm-hmm. Just practically in their in their own Christian life of like, oh yeah, I got this big decision to make and you know what, I... You know, I got this phone call, and and this person said something, or mm-hmm. you know, I, I flipped the channel, and then this <laughs> yeah. and this popped on the screen. You know, <laughs> I, I hear those things all the time. Oh yeah, and they're making like big life changing decisions, and it's just like, whoa, that's not the way God operates by by just giving you a sign. I mean, like you mentioned before, like God can still do that. Right. We're not gonna put anything past God, but you have to still be careful with that and really weigh that and measure that and talk to people about that because. That's not his primary way of like telling you what his will is and exactly. what he wants you to do. Yeah, that's really. I have a, a bunch of humorous examples of that. <laughs> Honestly, my best friend in college, he's telling me about <laughs> freshman year. This this one, he's studying in the library, and he says, he's like Ben, you will not believe what just happened. <laughs> I was just praying for God if he wanted me to pursue this girl. I was praying that oh, God would yes. bring her into the library. Oh. <laughs> it's like, dude, and she's here. Obviously a God yes. thing, for sure. Oh, I'm like, oh, yeah, what are the odds, man, of her studying in the same library you're yeah. studying at the same school you're going to? Well, exactly. What are the odds, man? This is clearly a God thing. She has thing. the same test that you have, and she's in the library at the same time. He's like, oh, it was a group project. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was just so funny, and he's, he's not married to that girl. Yeah, so. you know, and that's that's the problem with those is that we we can set ourselves up for something yeah. that you know we kind of so we can kind of direct it to how we want God to respond. <laughs> so you know, true. and and honestly, it's really not a question of how He chooses to speak, but how we choose to react when He does. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm honestly learning so much from the study, and I wish I had time to cover it all because it's really been it's it's been honestly life-changing just in the past like what three weeks we've been doing it it's it's really been awesome but I think one of the things so far that's been so comforting comforting to me in this constant pursuit of trying to understand God's will for my life is that frantically seeking after his will is a restless pursuit but frantically seeking God himself is a restful pursuit Hmm. it's really Hmm. good and we can get so caught up in trying to figure out God's plan for us but we can forget that just spending time with him and seeking him and trusting him and in that the rest will fall into place. 
He is faithful to direct us to the next step he wants us to take if we will position ourselves close enough to hear from him. That reminds me of a quote too, Amanda, where uh, a missionary told me once, he's like, often God will just give, give us enough light for the next step. Absolutely. It's like the quote from Frozen, <laughs> the next right decision. Mm -hmm. <laughs> is that what it was? Is that, is that, is that right? Is that like, the second one? I haven't seen the second yeah, one yet. Yeah. I was going to talk about that a little bit later. And I know when you're talking about this, Amanda, saying yes first, just mm -hmm. being willing to obey, that's pretty much the opposite of just the whole, I'm looking for a sign that confirms yep. what I'm ready to just do anyway. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, you're, exactly. You're, you're exactly. more open to anything when you're just like, God, I, I'm here. I'm ready. Now let me know. Mm -hmm. It's usually the opposite when we're just seeking different signs here and there to yep. kind of go with our motive. So Exactly. That was good. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Have you ever felt like you were out of God's will? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we all have. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I remember as a college student wondering if you could make a really bad decision and then just get off track and then Ugh. out of step mm -hmm. with God's will for the rest of your life and then you're just always going to be missing out on the best and you're like in this second class life. I think uh, that's a very, very real fear for a lot of people. I mean, yeah. seriously, really. Yeah. Took the wrong train 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, right. Yeah. And people sometimes trace these things all the way back. It's like, if I would only done, made that one choice differently, like my whole life would be so much mm -hmm. different. And I mean, true, your life would be different, but that's what I want to talk about is the way God has orchestrated our life and the way he sovereignly controls events in our life. It's not like if we make one mistake, stumble once, we're thrown into this second tier bracket of life. Like mm -hmm. when I was in high school, my town in Illinois, it was a small town in Illinois. They had this massive basketball tournament every summer called the Gus Macker. Have y'all ever heard of the Gus Macker <laughs> basketball tournament? No. It was great. I mean, I always had a team every year with my buddies. And if you lost your first game, you immediately went into the toilet bowl bracket. <laughs> and then it was just, oh, like, if you could win the, win the rest of your games, you win that toilet bowl oh, championship. Man. And we won that one year. We loved it. But in real life, the toilet bowl is, is not as glamorous <laughs> as it is in the Gus Parker basketball <laughs> tournament. But can you get out of God's will, live the rest of your life like that? I would say the answer is not exactly. So what do we know for sure about God's will? When you read the Bible... It's important to note that you that you do need to search for God's will. Like this is something mm -hmm. that we pursue. Mm -hmm. Romans 12:2 is a verse I just mentioned Sunday. Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And then we also saw in that same passage in Ephesians that measuring and weighing out the pros and cons, examining something and putting it to the test, that's what we need to do when we're thinking through what is shining my light. Mm -hmm. Like, how do I shine my light? What is good and acceptable and true? And then you have Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 that says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So there is a plan that God has for your life. And another way to look at this is the will of God is the word of God. As you read the word of God, you are 
you are listening to the prompting of the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. Like you want the Holy Spirit to guide you as you read truth. Um, and the Holy Spirit does speak to us when we read his word. And the word of God truly is the revealed will of God. Yep. Yep. It gives us exactly the principles, his character, his precepts, all these promises that we can see. And that's how we need to base our decisions off of what God's word says in tune with how the Holy Spirit guides us with the truth. And Amanda just did a great job of talking through that. Thanks, Amanda. (laughs) But I want to dive a little bit more into the theological depths of God's will because I think understanding this foundational will really help us have confidence to make the next right choice, (laughs) no Mm -hmm. matter what has happened to Mm -hmm. you in the past. So in the Bible, we see two things described as God's will. It's his moral will and his sovereign will. So first of all, God does all things according to his will. Everything that happens is in his sovereign will. Uh, You see that Daniel 4.35. He does according to his will among the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand. And Psalm 115.3 is another verse that talks about that. Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. So you have that. That's a non-negotiable. That's Mm -hmm. going on. Um, But then some things that happen that are not according to God's moral will, right? Like sin happens. We've we've all been there. No one can argue that. Um, And in other words, the Bible makes a distinction between God's will, understood as his purpose that is never frustrated in any event, and God's moral will, understood as his command to act in a certain way. So the easiest way... For me to understand this, and I know we're not really like in a classroom right now, like you're <laughs> listening to an audio-only file here, but if wherever you're at, if you can imagine this with me, just by drawing a couple circles. So like circle one, if you can think about this in your mind, is a blue circle. It's on the left, and it's God's sovereign will. This is what actually does happen in life. So, yeah, so we all drawing <laughs> that circle. I'm colorblind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then if you draw a red circle overlapping that blue circle right to the right, mm-hmm. you can call this God's moral will. And this is what he desires. It's walking in love and grace and truth. We are going to be in the blue sovereign will circle no matter what. We can't do anything to thwart that. But what we want to discern and make effort to do is stay in that purple shaded area. You know, if you have those, those two circles, the purple shaded area is where we make decisions that please the Lord just like Ephesians 5 talks about. Mm -hmm. And the comforting thing about this is that you can't mess up to the point where you start missing out on your purpose. You can do things outside of the purple shade, but every one of those things is in the hands of God's sovereignty, Mm -hmm. and he can use them for good. Mm -hmm. But pursuing the glory of God and not just asking, is this sinful? Rather asking, is this the best? Does this match the character of God? Will this shine light? Those are the questions we have to ask to stay right where we need to be. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, David. I think that is really helpful to understand God's sovereign will in that God is God and has the ability to do as he wishes. I think a good example of that, too, is um, Judas Iscariot. Mm. You know, like obviously it's wrong to act the way that he did. Right. Selling, you know, his soul to the devil for 30 pieces of silver um, to betray Christ and ultimately get him killed. But 
God, his purposes were much bigger than that. Yeah. And we knew that ultimately Christ was going to, he, he came to die on the cross for sins. Yeah. And he used that situation in, in a really, in the, you know, big picture here. And so it's, it's a really cool illustration of, um, yeah, God's sovereign will. He's going to do whatever he wants and his moral. He's going to just, he's going to take what, what does happen and he's going to use it. Mm. for his own glory and that's pretty awesome yeah i mean how egotistical are we to think that we could we could mess up his sovereign will you know i mean really we i mean you know it's a fear but honestly nothing that we can do in our moral will could ruin his sovereign plan Mm. that just doesn't happen that way yeah Mm. it really does help a lot of a lot of those fears that we have Mm -hmm. because we realize you know what i can make i can make a terrible mistake and i can just blow it but God can use that in a way that is beyond my wildest imagination mm-hmm. later on down the road. He can do something with that. Absolutely. He can redeem it. So, exactly. yeah, that, we can give hope to people with with that understanding. Yeah. And I came across something last night that was, I mean, incredibly encouraging. So as we were, I was just looking at this um, idea of God's will, uh, came across Acts 27. And, yeah, there's this. There's this idea of um, God's going to do whatever he wants. So there, I don't want to get too much into the weeds here, okay? But we have <laughs> we have like God's sovereignty, or we, we could even say like God's determined to do things, right? Mm-hmm. So like God is going to do what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. And then in, on the same token, we are given this, I know it's getting deep, we're given this this freedom, right? Mm-hmm. This freedom to act, freedom to make decisions. Well, so like, and if you can, if you go down that logical path, really, it's a hard time reconciling. You know, this is like oil and water. Like God's, yeah. you know, yeah. stating or determining what He wants to do, and then man given this free will. Mm-hmm. But in Acts twenty-seven, you see this picture. I mean, this just kind of blew my mind, and I'm probably not going to do any justice to us. But Paul is on he's on the ship, and you guys know the story. Like the ship ends up. Uh, wrecking, mm-hmm. complete shipwreck. Everyone makes it, makes makes it to shore, but everyone is alive. Yeah, remember this. Yeah. And so Paul is he, he goes and he talks to everyone on the ship and he says, "Listen, an angel of God just told me mm-hmm. that I've got to make it to see Caesar." So he actually said, "I'm going to survive this storm," and everyone on the ship is going to survive as well. So <laughs> it just hit me like, okay. We know that this was like God's explicit will because mm-hmm. right. he told Paul this was going to happen. So he knows that I'm in the middle of the storm <laughs> where you could be like battling so many emotions, mm-hmm. right? Like fear, terror, whatever. Yeah. But he was just told that everyone's going to make it. Like the freedom that comes in that. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like you are, you're now like walking in complete freedom, knowing like you can do anything right now. You no, know, God just told me I'm going to make it like, it's going to be okay. So he could, I don't know, you know, he could be cracking off jokes and everyone be like, what is wrong with Paul right now? But, and, but in all reality, he was just, he was cool, calm and collected because he knew exactly he, who told him what was going to happen and that mm-hmm. he was trustworthy and reliable. Yeah. And man, like, how is that too different from where we live at where maybe we haven't been, you know, God's explicit or God's secret will hasn't been revealed to us. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. But we do know that he's reliable and he's trustworthy. And before he reveals his hand to us, like we can still live in this freedom Mm -hmm. uh, for him. So I don't know. I, that just like really hit me. I was like, that's such a cool way of, of putting it. Like, 
Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. But anyways, that was kind of And we know who wins. Like, even even in the darkest moments in our lives, we can still know the end game. Yeah, exactly. And and so, like, how would that change our lives if we actually believed that? Mm -hmm. Like, on a day-to-day basis, we actually believe, like, no, God truly is it. He has me. Like, he mm-hmm. truly does. So mm-hmm. I can just trust. I can just rest in that. Like, I can, I'm free to, to make decisions uh, and not being, you know, I don't have to worry about the past coming in and, and choking choking me out. Or, I, you know, you can just continue to run towards Christ in this beautiful freedom, yeah. knowing that he has you and he is really, he's got it under control. It's yeah. okay. It's okay. Stop freaking out. Stop going nuts. Yeah, you know, and there's another verse in Acts too that talks about that same concept of man's will and God's will and how they're working in tandem um, and how God's over that. Uh, it's Acts 4 where Peter's preaching and he says um, to the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, God raised from the dead. By him, this man is standing before you. Yeah, there yep. you go. And then, yeah, so y- you see both. You chose to do this. Yeah, you did mm-hmm. this, but God yeah. raised him from the dead, and God's mm-hmm. sovereignty triumphed over that. Yeah. So, And even Joseph. Joseph backs yeah. this up, too, when you know he tells his brothers, like, what you did to hurt me, like, God actually took it and did something yep. good with it. Right. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. And <clears throat> You know, and I think if... If we could even understand how those two overlap, our will and God, you know, I mean, then we would be God. We wouldn't need mm-hmm. him. So I, ultimately mm-hmm. our mind can never fathom how we can have free will, but also be in God's will, you know, how, how that works. But It's very, very good that we don't understand yeah, this because exactly. it does show that we didn't just create God yes. out mm-hmm. of our own imagination. It's Absolutely. beyond our comprehension. So we couldn't have made that. Mm-hmm. We would have never yeah. thought this up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's incredible. So, anyways, that was that was free. Yeah. <laughs> that was in the miscellaneous thought category, <laughs> loosely related to God's will. I'm just kidding. Um, but no, when it comes to thinking about God's will, I really think there there is a lot of um, misunderstanding, and I don't say that from a place of total understanding. I mm-hmm. just I think that it exists out there. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe particularly college age, high school age, and low and you know younger. Sure, um, maybe it's more prevalent there. But there's just so many wrong thoughts about finding God's will. The goofiest examples and illustrations hover around the idea of circumstances. Like how do my circumstances play into God's will? You know, and you hear just really, maybe chime in if you guys can think of something interesting here, but like, you know, you hear of people, you know, even my dad, he jokes about this now and he knows it was truly goofy, but he's, uh, when he met my mom for the first time, he's out shooting hoops and he says, Lord, if this is your will, help me drain this shot. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, yes. and he breaks it. He's like, okay, yeah. God, two out of three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. And oh, we just keep amazing. adapting it to get the outcome that we want. You know, yeah. do you guys have any situations like this? Oh, with that like someone, you know, or you've, I mean, with, with my husband and I, so we have known each other for a very long time. We met in seventh grade and he was just kind of always my friend, you know, he okay. didn't really want it to be that way, but that's just how <laughs> it was on my end for a while. So finally, you know, after years of pursuing me, I, yeah, I was just praying like, God, if this is your will, you got to give me some feelings. Like this dude's been trying to kiss me a whole bunch. It ain't happening, whatever. And so just kind of, you know, I was like, okay, God, the next time he kisses me, if I feel something, <laughs> that's it, you know? So, I mean, it, it, thankfully God worked it out and it was in his will, but I mean. <laughs> that brings up will kicked in right there. And that brings up so many other questions, Amanda. (laughs) We'll save it for another podcast. (laughs) I'm just kidding. 
kidding. Uh, but yeah, no, I think we all have these, you know, just really, when we look at it objectively, just kind of goofy, you know, we're, mm-hmm. God, if, if this is your will, then, you know, if we should buy this house, yep. put purple roses yep. out front, you know, just Place a red like bird on the windowsill at 1230 PM. There you, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness. I think another, um, misunderstanding too, is that God's will is, is too hidden you know, because I, I know I believe mm-hmm. we should search for it. Like David was saying, it's something to be pursued. Mm-hmm. It's chased after. But another misunderstanding is that God's will is 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 not in plain sight or it is hidden. Even, you know, the verse we talked, we brought up tonight where we need to try this to see if this is the will of God. Mm-hmm. There's this idea of like you, you're testing it and you won't really know until afterwards. Mm-hmm. So there is that idea yep. about God's will too, where honestly, there are some things that I didn't have peace about, but I did it. Yep. And afterwards, it was like so clear that that was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Right. But in the moment, I'm like, ah, your heart's racing. What do you yep. do here? Oh, my goodness. But it turns out that's exactly where God wanted you. And it wasn't peaceful, which is another kind of misunderstanding th- yep. of God's will. Like, I'm only going to do what gives me peace. Exactly. Yeah. Um, a lot of times, the people who are, are, you know, for lack of a better word, just freaked out the most and they can never make decisions they're always doubting 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 like they don't have this proper understanding that hey look god god loves me he's guiding me and he's gonna open the right door if there's not you know like four doors in front of me Mm -hmm. you know when do we really have that many options anyway right like it's usually like all right well i can do this or i can do this and i'm gonna examine god's word i'm gonna pray about it let the holy spirit lead me and so, yeah, you're right. Like you are yeah. searching in a, in a sense, you're seeking it, you're discerning some things, you're talking about some things, but at the end of the day, you make a decision and you move forward and God's right. guiding you and he's, right. he's got your back. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and ultimately God doesn't want his will to be hidden from us. I mean, it's a very biblical thing. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he wants us to, he wants to tell us what the next step is, but you know, if we're not in his word and listening for him, you know, I mean, we're not going to be able to hear that. Um, but he wants us to search for him. Yeah. yeah. Bring us closer to him. He doesn't play hard to get. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Unlike Amanda was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 15 <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Stephen. Ultimate climb out of the friend zone. It's all right. He made it. He's good. <laughs> That's so funny. But no, yeah. These are, I think you guys are understanding, and we're all seeing this. There's just a lot of misunderstanding about God's will. A quick Google search that anyone can do will let you see how many different voices there are with this idea of God's will. A lot of good people Mm -hmm. um, have spent a lot of time, spilled a lot of ink, typed a lot of letters about this idea. And so I didn't want to recreate the wheel or anything tonight, but I kind of took some themes of, of finding God's will. Some, I tried to look for, I guess what Tim LaHaye would call road signs uh, to God's will because it's it's not always handwriting on the wall, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> not to contradict what I just said. <laughs> uh, I'll explain that. <laughs> handwriting on the wall, is that a sign, Ben? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I just said it, it wasn't too hidden, but there are times where, you know, we, we have to yeah. test it and, and see where, where God was in on this. But yeah. we have this roadmap that the Bible gives us for finding God's will. And so I'm just taking some themes that different godly people have, have already spent time on and just trying to kind of summarize some of those. Uh, and the, I think the first thing that I see 
that we've already hit on briefly, but one of the just the main themes of finding God's will is that it is simple. Okay, so um, <clears throat> this is this is the aspect of God's will that's that's clearly revealed, that's clearly defined. Like He wants us to love Him with all of our hearts. Mm-hmm. He wants us to give our ourselves to Him. That is that is dead center of God's mm-hmm. will, and that's pretty clear. You have to hunt for that in that you need to open your Bible. Yeah. But it's it's there. <laughs> it's obvious. Um, he wants us to abide in His Word. Uh, he wants us to read it, to study it. He wants us to, mm-hmm. you know, um, bring that into the community life of the Christian mm-hmm. and, and discuss it together. Uh, he wants us to pursue righteousness. He wants yeah. us to pursue holiness. Uh, he wants us to run away from immorality. He wants mm-hmm. us to run away from idolatry. Um, he wants us, he tells us clearly, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wants us to go and and be dis- make disciples of all nations. Mm-hmm. So these things clearly spelled out in scripture, not hidden whatsoever. Yeah. This is simple. Yeah. And so often so many people are like, oh, I'm just trying to pray through what God has for me on this. And I'm like, all right, go back to the basics. Mm-hmm. All right. Th- are you doing this? Are, is your heart pursuing this here right. where you're, you're giving your heart to God. You're spending time in word in the word. You are, you're surrendering yourself to him and you're asking him for guidance. Like there's just some basics there. So when you are struggling with what do I do here? Are you doing those? Going back to what we what's what's plain and simple, what's clear about what God has already said for us. Uh, so it's it's just it's plain, it's out there, it's it's simple. I think another theme that I'm hearing in Scripture and that I'm hearing you know other godly men talk about is that um, it finding God's will is often encouraged and it's made clear by godly advice. Mm-hmm. So people in your life and and really you got to read the fine print, godly advice here, mm-hmm. right? This isn't just advice, um, but people who are doing the basics, who yeah. are spending time in the word, who are giving their lives and their hearts to God, who are spending time on their knees, um, pouring out their lives to him and asking and listening. I think if you take any of these these themes and we disregard them or um, blow them out of proportion or we don't give them the, the credit or the, the place that they need, I think... You're in dangerous territory. But that being said, this also the sovereign will of God, like David's saying, is like any decision you make, like God's still in control. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's still, you know, he's still going to work and do what he wants to do with even our sin and even our poor choices at times. But this one, godly advice, though, I've made just very painful decisions where I didn't loop the right people into some yep. just really big d- decisions. Yep. And I honestly regret that. Now, I think that God God worked and God um, allowed, you know, he still allowed me to make good decisions and, you know, that we're really grateful for doing those. But um, if you don't loop in the right people, it can really be hurtful to those, right, to the people mm-hmm. that have walked through a lot with you who have spent and they put a lot of time and effort and discipleship into your life. And so I think those are the kind of people we're talking about here, the godly mm-hmm. advice givers. And that's what the Bible says. There's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. Yeah. So that's a practical yeah. like takeaway for finding God's will and discerning yeah. that. Absolutely. As you- and I would probably say like three to five. Because at the same time, mm-hmm. these are godly people, yeah. but they're still, you could still, <laughs> even with people. godly people, have a lot and you yeah. wouldn't know what what to do with that. Yep. So I think yeah. too um, many voices. Yeah. 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 So we could, I don't know how we would define multitude of counselors there. <laughs> so maybe I'm wrong and we should have like a hundred, but um, <clears throat> yeah, that's just what a godly guy told me. 
uh, was three to five. So that's a, a theme that I see there that, that God has used in not just my life and probably your lives at some point too, where you call up dad or you call up someone that you know was that morning walking with God. Mm-hmm. Like someone at church, if we were to have, and I know listeners, I apologize, you don't know her. We all know her and love her, Karen. Yes. You got something, call Karen. Yep. <laughs> you know she woke up walking with God. Yep. Yeah. You know, and so that's the kind of people we, we want to hear from, we want to talk to and go to and say, hey, this is what I'm thinking through. And it, yeah, go ahead, Amanda. Uh, I was just going to say, I kind of had a, a cool experience with, with just that when we were trying to, you know, figure out where we were going to move and what school we were going to look at. And Spartanburg was on the list, and I just exited out at the very beginning. I was not interested <laughs> in moving to Spartanburg, South Carolina at all. And I was in my, basically my mentor, I was in women's uh, group with at the time, was like, hey, you know, you should think about Spartanburg. I really think it might be a good place. And I'm like, wow. okay, well, she said it. And then, well, you know, I'll go home and talk to you. But I really trusted her huh. advice. And lo and behold, I mean, you know, that's what was meant for us. But because her words carried weight with me. And because she said that to me, yeah. it really opened me up to the possibility of coming here. You know? That's amazing. I mean, I'm I, sure God would have got us here anyways. But, you know, <laughs> Yeah, that's so cool. And, I mean, I was just thinking as you were saying all this, like, when have you ever been in a situation where you talk to, like, maybe three people, like three godly people that you know love you, that you know they have your best interest in mind? I have never once, like, talked to three people, and they all, like, three of them told me, like, a different thing hmm. to do. Every Very single true. time, it all lines up, and they all have, like, the same general thing that they're yeah. like, and, it, and it's just so much more clear. That's like, the safety. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly mm-hmm. what the scriptures is saying. Yeah, that's really good. I think another one, too, that I often overlook is prayer. Really just bathing every decision, uh, especially the large ones, just in in complete prayer. Just this is all you, Lord, and and just getting it out there and saying, Lord, please bless this. Be the life um, in this. Be the wind in these sails. And that doesn't necessarily mean that every day, every moment of every day, I'm saying, God, where do you want me to go to lunch? It might mean that. Like <laughs> yeah. you, We can talk to God about those things. Absolutely. He cares. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also could mean you wake up. You're opening the word and you're just, you're committing that day to the Lord. So you're saying, God, right now I am declaring I'm yours, you're mine. This day is yours. What do you have for me? Mm-hmm. Wherever you lead me, I will go. Like what you were saying, that yep. that mindset of obedience um, before the ask. I'm this, I'm the posture, the position of, yep. whew, okay, God. Um, but yeah, bathing everything in prayer. And I think another like theme that I've just seen a lot of people say is also the circumstances. So we kind of made fun of the circumstances earlier, right? Um, but they really they really can play into things. And this is where if you put too much pressure, too much weight on this, it's going to uh, it's going to just be goofy like we talked about, you know, like you're the guy that only looks for circumstances, you know, yep. Lord, give me 10 green lights in a row. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. See, there was a lot of them, God, this must be you. Um, but no, God does use circumstances at the Absolutely. same time, Absolutely. you know, and every decision I look at, even moving here, one of the circumstances in moving to help with Doxa Church was that Doxa Church was being born here. Like yeah. it didn't exist and it was a church plant. It was happening. And right as Beck and I were kind of reevaluating 
our own church plant in Colorado, the door opens for this one. And so that's a circumstance. And the Lord used that. Like, and you happen to be related to the pastor. There's another circumstance right there. Right, right. Yeah, because circumstances galore. And, yeah. and the Lord can use them. So we have to understand. But we can't put all of the weight on that. We can't yeah. put all of our eggs in that basket of circumstances. Priscilla said that, you know, those circumstances are just a confirmation of what he's already telling us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not our only thing. It's it's yeah. what's already stirring in our hearts, and he can use those things to confirm. That's what I was just going to say. It's yeah. like icing on the cake. It's yeah, just so exactly. sweet when that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I think the last theme here that I'm seeing, this is by no means exhaustive, but I, I do think this this is really what I'm seeing. I mean, I'm looking at guys like Dave Platt. I'm looking at, um, you know, people like John Piper, Billy Graham. I'll read you their, their, their ideas in a second. But the last one is your personal desire, like your personal burden. And some people will just write that off entirely and say, nope, the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? So mm. if you want it, nope, <laughs> just just mark it off now. That's never going to happen, all right? Like, like the same people that are like, oh, God's going to make me go to Africa because I don't <laughs> yeah. want to. You literally stole the words out of my mouth. I was literally about to say this is normally those people that are like, well, I guess I should just get ready to go to Timbuktu. Because <laughs> yeah. that's the way God yep. works. He yeah. always gives you exactly what you don't want. Yeah, because yeah. I would hate that. So I guess I better pack <laughs> up now. What a view of your God, right? Yeah, now. exactly. Yeah, exactly. So um, I do think that the Lord uses that. But once again, if we are if we are the kind of people that are praying through our decisions, through our lives, mm-hmm. if we are the kind of people that are digging through Scripture, that are are trying to find what does God say about this, mm-hmm. and we are pouring our hearts out to Him, like. He's going to give us his desires over time. He's going to yeah. make us more and more a person, a people that that does that, that gives everything to him, that he he can guide and direct easier. And it's just going to become easier and easier and clearer and clearer mm-hmm. if we're doing that. <clears throat> so I think that having a personal desire to do something is not always a bad thing. Yeah. Um, and often God might open that door. He might give you the right people. Your godly advice might be lining up with that. Uh, and it just makes sense to do the next right thing. The Holy Spirit's leading you, and and that's fantastic. And He created us. He put some of those desires, some of those things that make us who we are in our hearts, and He mm-hmm. will you definitely use that for sure to bring glory to Him. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. yeah that's the Holy Spirit working in each individual person. Yep. Yeah. And just to wrap this up, I did hear a fantastic quote from Adrian Rogers, who's no longer with us, but was a fantastic uh, preacher. He said, the way to find God's will for the rest of your life is to do God's will for the next 15 minutes. Yep. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh man, that's, that's just that's so cool. good. Um, Oswald Chambers said this about God's will as well. He said, the Christian should never ask the question, what is God's will? What's the only time you're walking through the woods and you have to ask where the path is? Hmm when you're off it. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty cool. So essentially saying like, yep. there's so much that is clear out there yep, <laughs> that you can go do now. You can go pursue, you can go put effort into, um, Billy Graham has step, six steps to finding God's will. So one, commit your decision to God to read the scripture, then understand your circumstances, seek godly advice, trust the Holy spirit's guidance and trust God with the outcome. Um, just absolutely awesome stuff. John Piper says he has six ways that God acts on your behalf um, to put you into a fruitful, fruitful position of serving in the world. One, pursue good as opposed to evil. <laughs> uh, run towards need as opposed to mm-hmm. self selfishness. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't forget what you love, right? Kind of what we're talking yeah. about as far as like what your your abilities and your capacity yeah. and your uh, um, your gift set is, you know, we're not, God's not going to call you to Africa when you have 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No desire, no gift sets for even reaching anyone <laughs> yeah. other than yeah. white people. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's not going to do that. Um, then his fourth one is be quick to listen. So once again, getting wise counsel, follow your knees and then consider your holy desire. So um, what are these recurring strong desires that I have. And so anyways, I hope that's helpful. And just so for someone out there who is trying to just decipher, um, what is God's will for my life? Well, I think that, um, wake up, give your heart to God, full surrender, say I'm yours. He's going to guide you. Um, mm-hmm. he's going to lead you in, um, for his own namesake, for his glory. So for our listeners, family out there, I know some of you have, have joked around and talked about how you don't even know some of the table. Like some of you have never like personally met Amanda. Maybe you've never personally met Ben, but you kind of feel like they're your friends now <laughs> yeah. because you've just heard them talk about stuff. And as you're in the car, you feel like you're at the table with us. I mean, that is kind of our goal. I know some of you have, have expressed that. And if you ever have a question, and maybe you don't have somebody in your life right now that that you can really just bounce it off of and, mm-hmm. and go to talk to us. We'd love, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to help out and um, just get to know your situation a little bit. This was really helpful for me. Mm-hmm. I trust it was helpful for you as well. So please share and uh, give us a review out there. Um, you can always find us doxa underscore dialogue on Instagram. And that's the easiest way to communicate back with us. Thanks again. We will be doing this again next week. You are loved.